0: Around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. God bless you and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We're just always uh, looking forward to this time with you and to be able to share with you the things that we feel like God has put on our heart to talk to you about. And we believe, and if you will, you you know, I know, listen, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people listening, um, that what we say will be just for you, and that can only happen by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm always thrilled to know that God can do that.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely.
0: We don't even have to know your name. You may be listening for the first time, but if your heart is open. And you're looking to the lord for answers we believe supernaturally that by the spirit of god we will have the things that will say something into your heart to give you either comfort wisdom correction uh, direction for your life Uh, all of these things that this that only the supernatural power and voice of god can do and he talks to you through his word and then he sends people to you to, to speak to you on his behalf sometimes.
1: Well, that's true. That's absolutely true. And that's true. just
0: so exciting to us to know that we could be a part of that because that's how we live. We're looking to hear from the Lord. We study our Bibles. We pray. We go and, and listen to other men and women of God that we're counting on them to speak and it'll be by the Spirit of God. Supernatural.
1: Amen. I, that, I like the supernatural. Yeah,
0: I do too. That, you know, one preacher can stand <laughs> up behind a pulpit in front of a thousand people and everybody walk out of there and feel like it, that sermon was just for them yeah sure. and that's just a supernatural thing by the power of God so uh, we've been here in Southern California now for almost a week and um, we've been ministering with some wonderful longtime friends of yours new friends of mine that I met about five years ago oh yeah and uh, we've had such a good time with Pastor Stephen and Zane Johnson Stephen and Zane Johnson uh, have pastored a church here for many years and it's right here in the city of Carlsbad uh, California
1: which is a suburb of San Diego
0: yeah and it's just one beautiful place on the planet is't it
1: absolutely life <laughs> Christian Church is the name of their church and Stephen and Zane are great people they've been in the ministry a long time yes, they're respected they have. by people all over the country and, and other countries as well. Yeah, they've great church, great, great people, camp. great friends. And we have certainly enjoyed being with them this week, both in service and ministry and just in uh, lunch and dinners and visits and yeah. uh, just catching up uh, with good friends.
0: It's been a heartwarming time, I think, for all four of us. And we've certainly enjoyed it. And they had us in a lovely place here where we could just relax and be quiet. And we're so grateful for the beauty and being able to see that right here in Southern California. God has done a a wonderful thing in creating a gorgeous earth for all of us to enjoy.
1: Oh yeah, and I tell you, the weather in San Diego has just oh, been wonderful this week. Outstanding. It's, uh, it was a little warm when we left Tulsa, but yeah. I think today the I, I think today the high wasn't but what.
0: 73, 73 or something. 73
1: or yeah, something, something here. Like that. Blue skies. Oh, and, my. Uh, just a beautiful place.
0: Yeah, we're, we haven't seen any smog where we are. But where are we going this weekend? I'm excited about going to see our well, friends. Well, tomorrow
1: we're headed up to Los Angeles, and uh, we're going to be uh, with two different churches there. And right. uh, We're going to be Sunday with our dear, dear, dear longtime friends, uh, Art and Joanne Aragon and uh, their great church, uh, Heritage of Faith, and it's just gonna be a tremendous time with them Sunday morning and Sunday night. Right. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, you and Art, <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> you and Art, and then his good friend, Pastor, Pastor Henry
0: Pies, Pies yeah. Pies, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Art and Henry have come down to Mexico City. Exactly. Uh, the two times we go, uh, we go more than that, but we do go two times to Mexico City each year, one in August for Brother Wayne Myers' birthday, and then in Ju- in January, Brother Wayne Myers has a great uh, convention.
0: That's right. Uh,
1: this last January, there was 4,800 people there. My goodness. Uh, just ministers. And of course, Brother Wayne's 97 years old, and uh, <laughs> still preaching, he still, still going. To... My mentor, my father, my my great great hero Wayne and Martha right. and then also in August we go to uh, his birthday party every, yes, year.
0: every year and so
1: we just came back uh, in August from his 97th birthday and uh, Pastor Art and Henry were there and uh, and then of course they're usually there in January so August and January we usually run into Art and Henry in Mexico City and when you and I first got married uh, 5 <laughs> years ago uh, we immediately <clears throat> we immediately went down to Mexico City and and uh, uh, Art and Henry were there, and you just kind of fell in with them because um, they speak English and you don't uh, right. speak Spanish. Uh, and so uh, when I'd be up on the platform or be doing things with the ministry there, then Art and Henry would translate for you uh, right. and uh, tell you what was going on in Spanish. And, and y'all just became fast, fast friends. And then you and Art both have a Krispy Kreme... Uh, <laughs> fetish going on. Uh and so uh Art and Joanne are just great friends. And then oh, Henry and, and Tanya are great just friends. So we're gonna be with him this yes, coming Sunday. Yes. And uh and then also uh there's a young man that we just met in Mexico, Mexico City, City because he came down with Art and Henry. Uh and his name is Elisha uh Vinance. I may be saying that wrong but I think it's venance And uh he has a church on Saturday mornings uh, in um is it laguna uh i can't think of the name of the town there south of uh south of laguna beach uh and anyway they have a great church and it's actually open air outdoor
0: yes and
1: so uh, we only met him in august but we liked him and and uh, he's just a great guy we're looking forward to meeting his wife and family right and so we're going to be with him saturday morning and then be with Art and Joanne on uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And
0: what is the name of Elisha's church? Word Word at the Ranch, I think. Word at the Ranch. I I, I thought that was such a great... You know name to describe it what can you say when it's outside and on the ranch <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so and
1: it'll be at 10 30 saturday morning saturday and morning. it's actually going to be on facebook live at ten forty-five. right uh as well and so uh, i should have had that information in front of me we'll before, post it on facebook before we start and, uh, we can post it on facebook and
0: put it over on the website too so we're excited about about this weekend it's been a good season and a good time and uh, we feel like God's helped us get some rest and we'll be ready to, you know, be able to do what God's called us to do. So we're thankful for that. But, um, you know, we, we just wanted to tell you a little bit about where we were and where we were going. After that, we fly out on Monday morning and head to uh, Florida. Yeah, we don't even <laughs> go home to Tulsa. We just go yeah. from L.A. to Florida. L.A. to Florida. To minister
1: for, oh, my goodness, long time partners, long time friends, good friends. Uh, pastor Bob and Nid Romano.
0: They've gone with you to Thailand. And they've
1: been to Thailand with right. me several times, or we've been together. Uh, and, and Nid's actually from Thailand. Right. Uh, Bob was in the Air Force back in the Vietnam days and stationed in uh, Thailand. Uh, and he met Nid there, and they got married, and, and uh, they pastor a great church
0: wonderful, called New Life wonderful work in Punagorda,
1: Florida. And so we're going to go down and be with them, and we'll preach with them on Sunday and also on Monday. Uh, and it's a two day
0: meeting. Yeah, mm-hmm. two day meeting. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, not this coming uh, Sunday and Monday. We'll be in California Sunday and, and fly on Monday. But then the following Sunday and, and Monday, we'll be ministering there in Punagorda with uh, Bob and Nid Ramondo. We're looking forward to that. We've yes. got friends. Uh, not only are they dear friends, but so many people in their church are friends and partners with yes. us as well. And, <laughs> and they've helped us go around the world. Yes. And, uh, we appreciate our partner churches, and they've helped us with orphans, and they've helped us with so many things over the years. So, so it'll be exciting.
0: It will be. It will be. We just see, uh, you know, a big finish coming here for us at the at the end of this year, and God doing wonderful things. We're just in prayer for everybody here uh, and around the world doing ministry here in America. Uh, we're believing for revival in America. We're believing that the Word of God will cover all of the all the earth and that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, there's a job for you to do. There's some prayers that you've got to pray in order to bring back the will of God into the earth so that souls can be saved and you can have a powerful prayer life and learn how to live by faith and do some things for the kingdom of God that you never thought you'd even be able to do. And so that's what we're trying to do is help you get your job done. The church has just got to learn to do her job. And we're praying and believing God with everybody that we'll all end up at the right place at the right time. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And we've got to get us ready. And we've got to do what he said in Matthew 24, that this gospel must be preached in all the earth. And so that covers everybody. We've all got a job to do. And God's not going to leave anybody out. And nobody is um, is not necessary everyone is of great value and you have a job to do but darling you wanted to give your testimony today about some wonderful miracle that happened um, back in the early part of the year when we were in new zealand Um, some of you will remember the lord helped me i I didn't even know i'd lost my bible in new zealand and uh, the lord helped me Uh, we prayed that thing through commanded believed god uh, God used some wonderful people to help us and, and minister to us. And God gave my Bible, um, a police escort, <laughs> to get it back to me. And it was just such an you know, amazing... We lost
1: it way down in the yeah. south part of the South Island. New Zealand has two islands, the North Island right. South Island. We right. were way down in Queenstown. And you lost your Bible. And then supernaturally, God helped us get it back. Just a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Great testimony. Marvelous well, testimony. It is of the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the supernatural power of God. But on the very day we were leaving, uh, we'd been gone for five weeks. Right. And we had ministered in New Zealand on both islands, and we had ministered in in Vanuatu, uh, Mm. and we had ministered in Samoa, and we had been to Fiji, and uh, we're supposed to minister there. Some things didn't work out, so we just ended up passing through and spending the night. But uh, got back to Auckland and ministered, uh, there in uh, New Zealand again, and on the day we were leaving, after being gone for five weeks, being on 10 airplanes, being in, I forget how many hotels, I mean, long trip, tremendous meetings, salvations, miracles, healings, uh, lots of friends, lots of people we we, we know there, and, and, and then the time in the islands, I mean, it was just wonderful, and getting your Bible back was just the icing on the cake, the cherry <laughs> on top, it was wonderful, But as we were leaving the hotel in Auckland, I was packing, you were packing, and I took out my pocket knife and cut some strapping tape to uh, to tape around uh, uh, our our garment bag hanging clothes. I like to always tape the the hangers together so they don't get separated during the trip. And, uh, And just as I was doing that, just as I was finishing it up, I dropped my pocket knife in the floor. Knew that I did. And then before I picked it up, as I started to pick it up, you call me to the other side of the room to help you do something with your packing. And so I thought, I'll, 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 I need to get my knife when I get back. And I went over and helped you, and came back and totally forgot about my knife. And uh, and so we took transportation to the airport, and we got to the airport in Auckland, New Zealand. And uh, I reached in my pocket, kn- in my pocket, to get my pocket knife because I can't take it through security, so I was going to stick it in a zip, zippered bag that I carry for that purpose in my checked luggage, and my pocket knife was not in my pocket, and I immediately realized I know I dropped that knife, I know where it is, when, when I did it, and I didn't pick it up. And I thought, that won't be any big deal, because I'll just call the hotel and tell the housekeeper, you know, ask them to send the housekeeper up and get my knife and uh, send it to me in the States. And so I called the hotel and, and told them what room we were in and, and that I, I doubted if the housekeeper had even been to our room yet, but if they had, uh, then they should have turned it into lost and found. And if, and if not, if they hadn't been to the room yet, then to please send them to the room to get my knife. Well, I waited on the phone and they sent somebody and they came back and they said, uh, Dr. Mize, uh, there's no knife in that room. There's uh, the, 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 we, we didn't find one. And I said, well, that's impossible. I know exactly where I dropped it. I know exactly where it is. And they said well, we're sorry it, it didn't happen, So we were having to get on our plane, our international flight fourteen hour flight from from Auckland, New Zealand to Los Angeles, California. So I called my secretary real quick in Tulsa, and I said, uh, while well, i 'm on this 14 hour flight I said, "I want you to call that hotel two or three times or however many times you have to call them and bug them till they find my my knife and uh, And what you have to understand is that knife was so special to me, Renee." Because my grandfather right. gave me that knife when I was a, just a boy right and uh, and I don't have a lot of my granddad's stuff he uh, i've got uh, i think one maybe two pictures of him uh and then I've got an old uh I just treasure it like it's gold, but it's an old hammer, a claw hammer, just a plain old normal hammer with a wooden handle. And it's it's got grease stained into it after <laughs> him using, it. and he was a mechanic and had his own garage. Right. And so that that claw hammer, uh, I don't even let any. I've never let my kids use that hammer. I've never let my grandkids because it's got a it's got a crack in it, and I don't want it to. I don't want them to no, break the exactly, hammer and break exactly. the handle. And so that that hammer is special to me. That knife is extremely special to me. And I was in the military. I was in the army right. when he died, and uh, so I, a lot of things. Well, everything got gone through and taken, and so I didn't end sure. up with things that I should have should have had, and uh, so I've cherished that knife, carried it all over the world. My goodness, and so it's a big deal to me. It's special to me. It's not just a. It wasn't just that my granddad gave it to me. It was almost like a, a handing down or a rite of passage that he gave me that knife uh, to be responsible. And I and I have a. I just have a thing about men carrying knives. Anyway, I think I think real <laughs> I think real men carry pocket knives. And, and And if you in in fact i've got a whole article about men carrying pocket knives and and talking about how that uh if you if you're ever in a situation somewhere where uh something needs fixed or something needs done or something you know just look for a guy with a pocket knife because yeah, right. because yeah. that guy usually will be a utilitarian guy and he'll usually figure out a way to fix something. You know, you know the generation we have today, and in the, in the lifestyle that we live today in, in America, is that nobody fixes anything anymore. Nobody no. repairs anything anymore. Your TV, so you buy a TV, and then it starts going on the blink. And <laughs> in the old days, you'd call a TV repairman right. and have it repaired. Now you throw them in the trash and go buy another one. And so we, yeah. we, we don't repair things anymore. We don't fix things anymore. And you find a guy that takes that carries a pocket knife, and most likely he'll figure out a way to fix something.
0: I always was so. It, I look back on it, it, and another generation of both of my grandparents carried my grandfather's carried a pocket knife. Well, of course, they did. And they and my grandfather on my mother's side, she had some other. My grandmother had uh, two brothers and brother-in-laws. And they would sit around on the front porch always and whittle whittle and sure just sharpen sticks and <laughs> sure. if you don't know what whittling is yeah. that's where a guy
1: takes a picks up a stick or a tree branch or something yeah. or a piece of wood of some kind, and takes his pocket knife out and begins to carve on it. Either just either just cutting wood off of it and making yeah. ended up making a sharp point or or actually create an animal or, or you know, carve something out of it.
0: My grandfather would always stop by the side of the road and buy raw sugar cane. Oh yeah. From I mean, little I've, I've fruit cut stands. so much sugar and cane in my pocket and, and he'd just, you know, take that skin off of that sugar cane. And uh, always hand on each of us kids a piece of sugar cane sure. to chew on. You know, he sugar cane, usually
1: you'll split it in four pieces. Yeah, right. Whenever you get it peeled, it's round. Right. It's just a round rod, a round <laughs> stick. And when you get it peeled, you usually will cut it start at the top uh, on that round top and just slice it in right down the middle. Right. And then turn it's it in. It's kind of like bamboo. Then turn it yeah. in your hand and slice right. it down the, the middle again. And right. you end up with four pieces. You can give to four kids or four grandkids.
0: Well, and there were four of us, yeah, sure. so everybody always got a you piece. Chew
1: that sugar, suck that sugar out of that sugar. My tank.
0: grandfather would sit there with that thing, and and when he got his pocket knife out, I always knew he was either going to cut a fresh apple a lot of times or fresh he, yeah, he sure. loved he loved side of the road fruit stands oh, and there yeah. was always somebody cutting or wig, you know whittling <laughs> yeah. they'd sit down on the front porch of my great-grandfather's house and there was there're just wonderful things about our generation the generations before us that a pocket knife means a whole lot. Well, yeah, it
1: does. That pocket knife meant and does mean a lot to me. I mean, That's it's,
0: right.
1: I've got gobs of pocket knives. I mean, right. I've got drawers full of them. Uh, And and most of them have a story, but that pocket knife is my absolute favorite because my granddad gave it to me. And like I said, it was a handing down and a rite of passage type thing. So anyway, when we arrived in uh, Los Angeles 14 hours later, uh, I called my secretary immediately back in Tulsa and said, tell me good news about my knife. And she said, "I'm sorry, uh, Brother Terry. she said, uh, "They don't have your knife. They, 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 it hasn't been turned into lost and found. They've searched the room. It, it's just not there. It doesn't exist. And that bothered me so badly, and it bothered me it bothered me on several levels. uh One, it bothered me because of the things I've just said. It was my granddad's, and it was a pocket knife, and it was special to me and blah blah blah. But it also made me mad because we had just had that marvelous, marvelous testimony. Of f- of God returning your Bible to you, right. and I just it right. just made me mad. I just felt like I told you. I said that just makes me so mad. I said it's almost like the devil said, "Well, you got Renee's purse back supernaturally, but I'll just take your pocket knife, and then, then it'll then it'll yeah. pour water on. Uh, it'll be a, a dampener to to Renee's testimony. You know, you say, yeah, big deal. You got your Bible, but you but you lost the pocket knife. It may have worked on this thing, but it didn't work on that thing. And it just bugged me so so bad on several levels and of course now my pocket knife has no identification on it i mean if somebody picked no, it right. up they don't know what belongs to terry Myers. they don't know what belongs to an american they don't know who it belongs to there's no address there's no there's no phone number this no, right. i mean it's just a knife and there's no possible way anybody right. could know whose it is So this was last March, baby. And I mean, this has been going (laughs) on for six Six months. months. And you know I've been mad about it for six months. And you know I've been calling it in for six months. And you know I've been cursing the devil and I've been buking and rebuking. (laughs) <laughs> and I've been loosening the angels and I said do right. you know right. where that knife is and you know exactly where it is you know exactly who has it now move on them to take it back to the hotel and turn it in give them a guilty conscience make them make them think hey this isn't mine this belonged to somebody and and I took it from the hotel so I'm gonna take it back nobody ever did that I kept trying to be nice to the person that that has it. I kept thinking, well, that can't be bad people. I mean, they just found a knife, and they don't know what's mine. <laughs> but, 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 but the angels will get them to t- take it back to the hotel and turn it in. Really? And then I'll keep bugging the hotel. I'll keep calling the hotel saying, hey, did you find a pocket knife? So this has been going on for six months, since March. And here it is, October. And so uh, uh, several weeks ago, we were in New York City. Right. And we were preaching. Uh, you were preaching in the uh, ladies' tea, and then I was preaching at the church. And and uh, so so uh, for the ladies' tea, I didn't go to the hotel because they told me no men were coming. Right. I found out later that wasn't true. I could have gone, but 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 anyway, men did come, but I didn't know it. So I stayed at the hotel and and I watched you online. They they had it online, so I sat there at the hotel and watched you online. But I was also in prayer for my meetings later that day at night, Saturday night, and then Sunday morning uh, and Sunday night. And so uh, I, I begin to just be in prayer, and I'm studying. I got my Bible, my notebook, and my iPad and stuff out on the bed. Uh, and all of a sudden, when I was praying, I got on that knife. And I tell you, I, I said, Lord, it's not right. Father, it's just Hallelujah. not right that the man of God would lose his pocket knife that was given to him by his granddad. It's just wrong. It's just not right. The devil can't have my knife. The devil can't throw cold water on Renee's testimony of her Bible. The devil is not going to have a victory here. And I said, Father, I've tried to be nice to the person that has my knife because you know who has it. The angels know who has it. The angels know where it is. And I said, I've tried to be nice to them. I've tried to pray for them. I've prayed to ask you to have them bring it back to the hotel, convict their heart, come back and turn it in. You know, not mad at them, but I said, I'm tired of that. And I said, angels, i loose you to supernaturally go. You know where my knife is. You know who has my knife. And so go take it away from them. Go get it from them. it's not their knife it's my knife. Right. You go take it away from them until they'll have to stop and wonder hey where's my knife? What happened to my knife exactly. and I said and angels, you deliver it to me supernaturally. you translate it across the Pacific Ocean from New Zealand to where I'm at, and you put it in my hand. you put it in an obvious place where I see it, where I can touch it, where I can feel it and uh, and, and and I give you the glory and I started praising the Lord for it and And I started rebuking the devil off of it. Then I started loosing the angels. Then I started rejoicing and thanking God for it. Thank you, Lord. I've got my knife. Thank you for it. Father, it's a supernatural uh, happening. The angels are actually translating it. I mean translating it across the Pacific Ocean and giving it to me into my hand. And that person in New Zealand is going to have to wonder, what happened to my knife? Who got my knife? And I tell you, the angels got it and brought it back where it belongs. Isn't that awesome? And so I prayed that for quite a while there while you were preaching. Uh, and then the next day, I mean, I preached that day and then we preached the next day. And then Monday we were in our hotel room, uh, packing up right there in lower Manhattan at the Marriott hotel. We were packing up to leave and come back to Tulsa. And, uh, so you were packing on your side of the room and I was packing on my side of the room and I went over to my suitcase and opened the lid to put some stuff in my suitcase. And laying right there in my suitcase on top of a folded T-shirt.
0: Oh, it was right on top.
1: There was a folded T-shirt, and laying right on top of that T-shirt was my knife.
0: I was absolutely startled. And
1: I called you. I said, Renee, come look in here. Look in here. Look in my suitcase.
0: And <laughs> well, you came over
1: there and, looked, and you said, you're knife! And it was laying right out, right out on there top of oven. a folded really? T-shirt. Now, in the last six months, how many times have I packed and repacked that suitcase? Oh, no.
0: How That's many right.
1: trips, how many airplanes, how many car trips, how many hotels... Have we been in with that suitcase and packed it and unpacked it and packed it and unpacked it and packed it, it and unpacked it? In fact, I even I I've even just dumped everything out of it when I got home and mm-hmm. thought maybe my knife's in my suitcase. Right. You know, I knew no, it wasn't right. because I knew no, where it fell on the floor. T- and I, I, I emptied university. it and looked in every nook and cranny of that suitcase and then packed it and repacked it and packed yeah, it and repacked it and then on trip after, trip after trip after trip in six months, been to Mexico, been overseas, been I mean we've been everywhere. Been to Canada twice. And uh, so there it was. There it was laying wow. on top. Not That's in a right. corner. Uh-uh. You know, if you'd picked the suitcase up, it had it been in the suitcase. And I'd picked it up or the airlines had picked it up or the hotel people picked it up. It, it wouldn't be laying on top of a folded no.
0: T-shirt. Uh-huh. No, it it would be down in a
1: up. corner somewhere right. because the suitcase had been thrown around and moved around. And, and so just glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. It's a miracle. It's an absolute, su- it's a sign and a wonder. Brother Hagan used to say, God does signs and signs make you wonder. Well, that's <laughs> absolutely a sign and a wonder that that knife was translated.
0: Oh, it really was. I mean,
1: supernaturally translated, physically transported in the spirit. That pocket knife, wonder how long it took it to make that trip It took us 14 hours. <laughs> wonder how long it took it to make the trip.
0: Well, yeah, from one side of the country, halfway around we the world, we were in New
1: York City. Yeah, and there it was on top there of my folding was. suitcase. So what well, a what a wonderful testimony! You know,
0: with the story from your knife there, Terry, and then the story from from my Bible, uh, it it's always so it it's such a comfort to us to know that whatever your need is in life, that God will be able to do. Well, yeah, in
1: Hebrews 1, God God says the angels angels. are ministering spirits. So what is an angel? An angel is a ministering spirit sent, S-E-N-T, sent. Sent by who? Sent by God. Sent to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. So that very plainly tells us in Hebrews 1 that angels, God sent the angels to minister for us. Who are the heirs of salvation?
0: No, that's right.
1: And so we loose them, and uh, to to minister for us, to minister for you, exactly. you and your your Bible and me and my my and, I. and they did exactly what their job is to go do that. You know that happened to me one other time. I mean, it's happened to me a lot of times where I found something, but but not in that supernatural, unexplainable sign and wonder. But years ago, I was flying to Europe. Uh, and I, and I was on a commercial jetliner and flying along, headed to Europe to preach. I think I was going to Romania and Ukraine and uh, a couple of places like that. And uh, flying over from America to Europe, my uh, my ring finger began to bother me. Some of y'all will know you've listened to my, my Spiritual Authority series. And I had jumped off a houseboat many years ago. Uh, we were at, at a lake, and I jumped off the top of the houseboat. And when I did, I hung my... I hung my wedding ring <laughs> with me in it, with it on my finger on, on the top fence of that houseboat. And so I just, it stuck me or, or hung me. And I literally hung there with all my weight. I hung by my wedding ring and by that finger. And so, so uh, of course I had it sewed back on. The doctors right. told me I'd lose it. And I said, no, I won't. You need to listen to that story in, in spiritual story. story. It's a powerful That's testimony. Right. But uh, but 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 I had a doctor to sew it back on, and uh, so my my ring finger is fatter. Next time y'all see me in a service, we'll come up and say, "Hey, hey brother, Terry, let me see your ring finger, because it's mm-hmm. it's fatter, and you can see the scar and That's you can right. see the 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 stitches where the stitches were." And so sometimes since that happened, sometimes I'll be on an airplane and uh, uh, that finger will swell a little bit, and it just is uncomfortable. It doesn't hurt but just uncomfortable with my ring on it, and, and it's sensitive because of it being sewed back on. Um, I've still got all that feeling in there. And so uh, sometimes on an airplane, it'll it, it'll begin to bug me. And so I'll just take my ring off and stick it in my pocket. And so this particular trip, I was sitting there on the airplane, on the jet, uh, flying to Europe and uh, commercial airlines. And so uh, my finger began to bug me and swell and bother me with my ring. And so I just took my ring off and stuck it in my, my pocket, um, I thought. But when I got to where I was going that night in the hotel and I and I, and I started to undress for bed and I took all the stuff out of my, my pockets, you know, uh, the ring wasn't there. And so somehow I guess I had missed my pocket and dropped that ring in the airline seat. Right. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I, I called the airlines, I called my secretary and had her call the airlines and tell them the flight is on and the seat is in and would they please look for a wedding ring. And, and they contacted us back and said, no wedding ring, and blah, blah, blah. And so that wedding ring was gone for quite some time, a number of weeks. Not as long as my pocket knife, but numbers of weeks. And I came back to America and, and I was at home in my house and uh, I had uh, one of my grandkids sitting in my lap I was playing with them or reading them a book or something. And uh, and we had a we had an emerald green carpet. Oh, I
0: remember. You remember that, that carpet?
1: carpet we we had an emerald green carpet yeah. uh, in that uh, in that house, and uh, this is when Jackie was still alive, and it was, you know. But right. Renee and Dean right. had come and visit us, so she remembers the carpet. Uh, but anyway, uh, right, and I'm sitting there holding that grandbaby in my lap. And I, of course, I'd been praying the same way and loosening the angels and commanding the ring back and all that supernaturally. And uh, all of a sudden, I looked out there, and right in the middle of my living room—I mean, in the middle, not under a chair, not, not—but I mean, in the center, where there's no furniture of any kind, where we walk by ten thousand times a day, and all those grandkids and all those kids who were in the house—and there was my wedding ring laying right wow. in the middle. Of our living room right that gold ring on that on that emerald green carpet and uh, I got up and went over there and picked it up and I tell you, you know, there's no possible way that could have happened anyway other than supernatural that the angels transported that translated well, right. that ring oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you, Lord I mean Jesus. we didn't find it under a chair we weren't cleaning out no. the, we weren't cleaning out the couch and found no. it it was just all of a sudden it wasn't there and all of a sudden it was there right in the middle of the living room thank, you, thank Lord God Jesus. Thank you, angels. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
0: Well, today, before we leave, I want to give you two verses of Scripture. That'd you know? be good. You know, the Lord, all through the Word of God, like Terry and I have stood on this for things that we have lost recently. And we're, his testimony and my testimony, we're so grateful. You know, that God will, will uh, nothing is hidden. God can find right. it. That's a Scripture
1: you we know? use. Nothing, nothing is uh, hidden except what will be revealed.
0: But then uh, just this morning, before we were doing the podcast, you and I were talking about Psalm 103, verse 20, where it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. And, you know, I don't think it violates anything when we say uh, the word of God out of our mouth and then command angels to go and do it. No, of course. You know, that when we can speak his word, God's word, and then we say, angels, do your job. Go get this thing for me in Jesus name. And then when I was believing for here we were in New Zealand, I stood on the word in the Psalm 61 Two, it says, from the ends of the earth. Well, that New Zealand's pretty well down there. Yeah, from in fact, the,
1: New Zealanders will tell you that, that that if you if you're a Christian and you count Jerusalem at the beginning place, yes. then New Zealand is as far as you could possibly go possibly from be. Jerusalem. So it, it really is. They consider it the ends of the earth.
0: Well, and today is Yom Kippur, so we pray and we no, God right. with this. Last night started, yeah. yeah. From the ends of the earth, will I cry to you? When my heart is overwhelmed and fainting, or it looks impossible and no hope, it says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And and the Amplified says, a rock that is even too high for me. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. We just want to leave you with those two verses of Scripture today. Psalm 103 verse 20, Psalm 61 verse 2 and know that even if you're and down I like I should have we're, looked
1: up looked it up but the scripture that says there's nothing hidden that will be revealed that's what right. we tell the angels all the time nothing's going to be hidden that's not revealed you know where right. that stuff is
0: well you know and and John I think about you know uh, Hebrews 4 the same thing that that you know God is God is able to know that nothing is hidden from him that he sees everything and knows everything and so we want to encourage you by faith don't quit keep believing God God knows all hearts, he's omniscient, he knows where everything is, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he sees it all, he knows it all, and that whatever it is you're believing for, God has a way to get it to you or get it back to you and uh, help you recover anything that is lost in your life. And so we wanted to leave you with those things today. Our time is gone. And uh, we just believe God's going to continue to encourage your heart to walk by faith, live by faith, stand in faith, confess the Word of God by faith, and so that your life is a life of the just shall live by the faith of the Son of God, as Galatians 2.20 says, who loved us and gave Himself for us. Our faith and our hope, is in the name of the Lord. So, darling, we're going to confess today over the people and tell them, no matter what it looks like, remember, you are more more than than conquerors. conquerors. God bless you. See you next week.
1: You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at TerryMize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry
0: Mize Ministries.